Listen again for just a moment to the last part of this morning's Scripture story. Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. That word unbind is the one that catches my attention. Another version has Jesus saying, untie him. Another says, loose him. I looked it up in the Greek, and it is the word luo. Luo, I thought. Why do I remember that word? And then it came to me on Easter eight years ago. I preached a sermon titled Death Swallowed Up, which I later excerpted in my book, The Heart of Grief. And in that sermon, there was a reference to an essay by Samuel Wells in which Wells talks at length about the word luo. I went hunting for that sermon and that reflection from Samuel Wells, and at least part of what I found is, I think, worth sharing again. Here's a portion of what I wrote back then. I was reading the Christian Century magazine this past week, and I came across the Faith Matters column by Samuel Wells. The title of his essay was Dementia and Resurrection. It caught my attention because most often we pair the word death with resurrection, death and resurrection. But here was a pairing of dementia and resurrection. And in the essay, Wells says that our culture's judgment on dementia is that dementia is a living death. It's deficit, decline, and death, but experienced while one is still living. He writes, half the people in the world over 85 have some kind of dementia, so it's very common. And yet it's become a repository of our society's deepest fears. It's not surprising then that the reflex is to hold tight, to try and avoid decline, to pull back from the abyss of deficit and death. It's an understandable reaction, he writes. Dementia seems to rid a person of everything that's of value, one's past through the loss of memory, one's relationships through the blurring of recognition, one's dignity through the diminishment of a sense of self and self-care. Holding on through a struggle for memory often results in conflict, he says, and for the caregiver, it often results in exhaustion and guilt. I read all that and I thought, wow, now that's depressing. Death wins again. But then, in a kind of interesting turn, Wells starts talking about the Greek verb luo, I loose. 
It's a word that shows up multiple times in the Bible, but in slightly different contexts and with slightly different meanings. It's a word that gets translated as untying in the untying of oxen in Luke 13, and as unbinding in the unbinding of Lazarus from the burial clothes in John 11, and as breaking down in the breaking down of the walls of hostility in Ephesians 2, and as being freed in reference to being freed from our sin in Revelation 1.5. Luo, I loose, I untie, I unbind, I break down, I break free, I let loose. He goes on to say that it is a little verb that has a lot to offer if we pair it with the experience of dementia, for example. He says, in the face of deficit, decline, and death, we try hard to cling on. But the lesson of that little word, luo, is that the path of resurrection lies in letting go. And then this next line was the part that stopped me in my tracks. He writes, if death is starting now, which is the reality which we would say people dealing with dementia are forced to face, then maybe resurrection can start now. Perhaps it is only when we let go of who and what our loved one was that we can receive who and what they are now. In other words, to get to resurrection, we have to release ourselves, release our loved ones to a kind of death, the death of what was. But releasing someone to death isn't empowering death, giving it the last word. It's moving beyond it. Instead of clinging to what was, we let things become what they are now. And in that way of being, allowing things to be what they are now, we are granted, we are given new life. And then I concluded... I often think about the wisdom of letting go. Letting go of control, letting go of assumptions, letting go of the need for things to be the way I want them to be or expect them to be. I've come to think that letting go is perhaps an underutilized spiritual practice, at least in my life. But what if letting go is only the first of two connected steps on the path toward resurrection. Letting go of what was, followed by receiving what is. As I said, that's just a portion 
of that sermon that I wrote and preached eight years ago, but you can see why it came back to mind, right? Because of my being sparked by the word unbind in this morning's story and then remembering the direct connection to the part where Wells unpacks the Greek word for unbind, the word luo. It's a word that shows up multiple times in the Bible, but in slightly different contexts with slightly different meanings. It's a word that gets translated as untying of oxen, unbinding of Lazarus from the burial clothes, breaking down the walls of hostility, being freed from our sin. Luo, I loose, I untie, I unbind, I break down, I break free, I let loose. I find that compelling. The power of this little word, luo, But what I also find compelling in Wells' reflections is the invitation to make the leap from just playing with the potential of the word luo, to loose, to making an actual commitment in my living, in my living even in the face of death, an actual commitment to letting go. And then facing the realization that until and unless I let go of my expectations, my anticipation, my need for things to turn out in a particular way, my desire, quite honestly, for nothing to change, that I will perpetually stand in the way of letting resurrection actually happen. That is to say, something won't be reborn or renewed or revived or even resurrected until it is loosed, untied, unbound, broken down, broken free, let loose. When Jesus had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth, Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Unbind him, release him, untie him from what you thought you knew about him. Free him, let him loose now, because only if you do that now is he actually free to live. Not to live for you, not to live necessarily the way you expect, not to live in the clothes and style to which you are accustomed, not to live in the past with all the peak memories and precious familiar ways, but to live into a freedom and a possibility to which we are not yet accustomed. To live unbound. Luo, let loose, untie, unbind. How much are we living lives that are bound up? How much are we looking at the lives of others and expecting them to live their lives in ways that are bound to our needs, our expectations, our dreams? How much are we living lives bound to the past, to memory, to nostalgia? What needs to be let loose in order to let it live? I saw a little video clip recently, maybe it was a piece of a sitcom, just a short reel. 
I can't remember exactly because the characters weren't familiar to me. But in any case, the scene had a young woman who was eating out with two other friends at a restaurant. As the scene begins, the chef slash owner of the restaurant comes out of the kitchen to greet the restaurant guests. And it becomes apparent that the chef slash owner is the ex-girlfriend of the young woman sitting at the table with her friends. There is some sort of moment of confrontation and the argument heats up and it reaches a breaking point. And the chef slash owner of the restaurant finally says to the other woman and her friends, just leave my restaurant. Get out. You are dead to me. And she storms back into the kitchen. Of course, one of the friends at the table quips, well, that didn't go well. You know, it's a sitcom. The group of friends gets up to leave, and the young woman, the one whose former partner just said, leave, you are dead to me, she pops something into her mouth, maybe a last piece of bread or something, and, you guessed it, she starts to choke. Commotion ensues, nobody seems what to do, nobody seems to know what to do, until the chef comes running back out of the kitchen and performs the Heimlich maneuver and saves the choking woman. The scene pauses, and the one young woman, the one who has just saved her ex-partner's life, says to the other young woman, who is still getting her breath after having dodged a life-threatening moment, when I said you were dead to me, I didn't mean dead, dead. And of course, reconciliation ensues. When I said you were dead to me, I didn't mean dead, dead. Okay, but what did she mean? Dead because you aren't who I thought you were? Dead because you aren't my ideal partner? Dead because you hurt my feelings, my pride? If not dead, dead, then what? Disappointed dead? Conflict dead? Expectation dead? Whatever was choking the young woman flies out of her mouth when the Heimlich maneuver is applied. So the outcome is not dead, dead. But then suddenly dead is not even relationship dead. Not disappointment dead. The ex-partner in an instant lets go of all the things that made that person dead to her. And even though essentially nothing had changed, it felt like everything had changed. The partner almost actually dies, and something is untied, unbound, broken, free. Luo, let loose, untie, unbind, unbind him and let him go. This past Wednesday in our pastor's midweek update video, which of course many of you know we've been specially orienting toward the Sunday scriptures during the season of Lent, I offered several possible questions for our collective reflection, one of which was this. Unbind him is a literal instruction, but what might it also mean more symbolically or metaphorically? The people in the story, 
Mary and Martha and Lazarus's neighbors and the town folk were sure that Lazarus was literally dead. It had been four days. The stench of death was coming from the tomb. To get to him, for Jesus to see the body, required a rolling away of the stone. Lazarus was wrapped in a burial shroud, not a single garment apparently, but strips of cloth wrapped around his hands and feet and head. They were sure he was dead. He was dead. And then Jesus, not by the Heimlich maneuver, but by the power of proclamation, by the power of his words and intentions, by the power of God, brings Lazarus back from the dead, back to life. And it appears, at least for the sake of the story, that all that is stopping Lazarus from walking out of the tomb and back into life are these strips of cloth. He needs to be unwrapped in order to walk across the threshold. That's it? Just some strips of cloth? But you know what? Sometimes, at least symbolically, at least metaphorically, that's exactly the way it is. There's just not that much that's holding us back, entombing us. It's not that much that separates what was from what might be. It's not that much that defines the threshold of life and death. Not that much. A couple of strips of cloth. And yet, do you also notice that there isn't a moment in the story where it actually says that someone unwrapped him? That someone unbinds Lazarus? But someone must have. Someone must have stepped up and unwrapped his hands and feet and even his head. There you go, Lazarus. You are free, free to go. This story is presented as a literal resurrection story. That's the way it is told. Jesus has the power to cause a resurrection, but it is also just as simply a story of letting go in order to let resurrection happen. Luo, loose, untie, unbind, unbind him and let him go. Easter is only a couple of weeks away. We can see resurrection down the road, just a little way away. But today, maybe, is our practice run, practicing our luo, our untying, our loosening, our unbinding, our letting go. Why practice? Because it's not just death that gets in the way. It's us. Us. With our issues, with our questions, with our hesitations, us with our unwillingness. How to let go, how to help unbind, take off the strips of cloth, how to cast a vote for breaking free, how to let life follow its course, its new course, its course for today. How? Try a little 
luo. A little unbinding. A little letting go. How about giving resurrection? How about giving new life a chance? Right now. Amen.